The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 23 of Season 3, the Jordan episode of Season 3, number 3. And I have to apologize, this week being the busiest and craziest for us, trying to cover as many holiday turning games as we can, I failed to get myself a guest for the first time in nearly 130 episodes. That's my bad. You guys deserve better as followers of Channel 1450. So I'm going to do something I'm not really comfortable with doing and talk more than I usually do about what I saw and what's coming up. I'll give you a little bit more on my thoughts and opinions on the teams, games, and tournaments I've seen and hope that you enjoy it. If not, go ahead and turn it off because I hope you enjoy our coverage. A ton of all the basketball this holiday season and some wrestling coming up this weekend as well at Abe's Rumble. All right, let's dive into last week. Last Thursday, I started my day in Riverton, checking out the Porta Blue Jays, who were undefeated and stayed that way at the time with a huge win over Litchfield at the Riverton Christmas Tournament. They led by 30 at halftime over the Panthers. Yes, 30 to nothing. This is a team that started the season last year undefeated deep into the year as well. They know how to win. And they are led by senior guard J.C. Privia, who is in control at all times on the court and is a great facilitator as well. She's also a good scorer at all levels. This team is a team that has a lot of height as well. Carson Artheloni and Cassie Cox are six-footers, and Carly Hoke is right there with them. They also have a sophomore guard who has a spark plug that can score and hustle and do all the little things. The Blue Jays are going to be tough to beat. Also on Thursday, I made the trip over to Decatur to see two Sagamo boys teams we haven't seen much of yet. Moreau Forsyth is off to a great start, and the Trojans dominated Uni Christian at the St. Teresa Tournament. Caden Maurer, we all know what a competitor he is. He leads the way at point guard, but there's a lot of pieces around him. Zane Giles, a name we know from football and baseball as well. They have a good combination of size and speed on this team and some lengthy shooters. The Trojans are a solid Sagamo team this year. And speaking of the Sagamo, Riverton was up next. After Moreau Forsyth, the Hawks taking on Hartsburg Emden. Matt Mead has a good squad who hustles. They pressure the ball at a relentless level and have multiple scoring options. Everyone knows the name Isaac Crumrine. The senior is an exceptional athlete who excels at multiple sports. This Hawks team has a lot of pieces, a deep team who can keep coming at you in waves. On Friday last week, I was back in Riverton for a little bit to see Auburn beat Riverton in girls basketball. The Trojans handle the Hawks with a balanced attack much like the boys' team in Auburn. We'll get to that shortly. After that, the co-op of Pawnee and Lutheran girls handled business against North Mac, a good win for the Indians against a solid North Mac team. After the girls' basketball game on Friday in Riverton, I spent the evening in Jacksonville. New Berlin had a double-digit lead on Madison before giving that lead up due to Jamarian Skinner getting hot and going off for a huge second half and leading the Trojans to a win over the Pretzels in Jacksonville at the Illinois College Shootout. New Berlin had the game won, they should have beat Madison, but a good lesson learned for Blake Lucas's boys, who I'll have more on shortly. The nightcap in Jacksonville ended on an absolutely awful note. In what could have and should have been an amazing matchup between the undefeated Williamsville Bullets and the West Central Cougars, led by one of the best scorers in the state and Zach Evans, ended abruptly when the Bullets junior point guard Blake Scheffler broke his ankle on a drive in the first half. A terrible thing to see, and it definitely put a damper on the rest of the game. Evans... Certainly did his thing, and the Bullets did what they could to rally themselves and try to win despite losing their leader. Take nothing away from the Cougars, though. They are a very good team that saw Evans and Chance Little handle business for a big win for West Central. More on the Cougars in a bit as well. 
Thoughts and prayers for Blake. Wishing him a speedy recovery. Over the holiday break, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Go check out the holiday half dozen questions from 12 student athletes in our area, as well as the premium episode of the season with the Lincoln girls basketball team. Let's jump into Tuesday's action now. First of all, I have to say a huge thank you to Leanna Churchill. I woke up the morning after Christmas on Tuesday at 4 a.m. ready to hug the toilet. I threw up a few times between 4 and 6 a.m. and tried to rally to get ready for the 8 a.m. leave time for Waverly for the 9 a.m. tip-off. I couldn't quite make it. Leanna stepped up big and made it to Waverly for the first game and handled the highlights. I got an extra hour of sleep, was ready to rally. Thanks to my wife as well for making sure I got that extra hour of sleep. I made it out to Waverly and got the route versus Pawnee game at 10.30. Game two of the day in which Bryson Mossman and Nolan Turner got it done against the feisty Indians team. Route wins that game by 12 points. Game two for me on Tuesday and game three on the day. Auburn putting on a show to start their campaign for a title. They beat Lincolnwood by 20 as Cooper Carter scores 20 to lead the way. And let me just jump in here and say something about what these kids and this community is going through this week. First of all, Talon Kern, we are all here for you. Kern Strong. I can't imagine the thought of losing my dad, let alone on Christmas. What he's gone through in his senior season is something that we can all get behind and show our support for Talon and his family. Rest in peace to Talon's dad, Matt, who battled cancer with everything he had. He went to heaven on Christmas Day this year, and I just want to make sure everyone understands what the Auburn community, team, and family is going through. Nothing but the best thoughts and prayers for everyone, Kern Strong. There's no good transition away from that. So let's just take a moment, and then we'll get to the next game on Tuesday at Waverly. The Athens Warriors quietly putting together a great resume to start the season, led by Zach Laird on Tuesday Athens beats North Green by 9 to move into the winner's bracket. There's no question about the athlete that Laird is. He's a stud. They also have Pryor Reynolds, who feels like he's been there for a decade. Athens is a tough out as well. We'll get to that more shortly with the Auburn game on Wednesday. Jumping into the afternoon session on Tuesday, though, the two-seed New Berlin survives against North Mac. Now, they always say it's tough to beat the same team twice in a season, which... We'll revisit shortly as well with Wednesday's South County vs. Route game. But for New Berlin and North Mac, there's coaches like TJ Wilson who are going to have his guys ready regardless. There aren't many talents like JT Alexander, who is a next-level scorer for the Panthers. New Berlin got 23 from Gannon Dodd and won the game. Many will ask about the controversial ending in which a North Mac player went up for a three-point shot and appeared to be fouled in the act of shooting as time expired. After speaking to a couple referees, they believed he may have embellished a bit, and based on the way the games are officiated at the Waverly Tournament, which I'll speak more of shortly, you have to earn your fouls. Regardless, I apologize for not getting footage of the end of the game. The pretzels were up double digits when Gaden Dodd got a breakaway dunk. On the first day of the holiday tournaments, that's our cue to get out and get the highlight up because we have a short window of time to do so, and it's a delicate process that usually pays off. In this case, maybe not so much that's a game we have to play and may have lost that one. Sorry to North Mac and the community there, but hey, it is what it is. Neither here nor there. New Berlin beats North Mac 48-45 and finds a way to advance. Two more games on Tuesday and two blowouts. West Central beats Edinburgh. Zach Evans is worth the price of admission. If you haven't seen the score from Winchester work, please come out to Waverly tonight and do so at 8 p.m. The final game I caught on Tuesday at Waverly. At 9 p.m. was Triopia and Tri-City. A quick word about Steve Dilley and what he's doing 
at Tri-City. The Tornadoes are still looking for their first win of the season, and you have to acknowledge that Coach Dilly is a man who's been doing this for a very long time. He's got guys who care. He's got guys who hustle. He's got guys who fight. He does not have a ton of basketball talent, plain and simple, but he gets the best out of his guys. What else can you ask for? Triopia picks up the win over Tri-City to close night one. As I got to bed as quick as I could about 1 a.m. on Wednesday morning, trying to recover from that slow start after Christmas. All right, Wednesday, let's get to it. I'd like to take this time to talk a little bit about the Waverly Holiday Tournament as a whole because the game between South County and Route truly tells a special story. The program says that it's the 73rd Waverly Holiday Tournament. That adds to the story right there. 73 years. Most basketball tournaments this time of year, they have great teams. They have great games, great rivalries, and a lot at stake. But there's a combination of things that makes the Waverly Holiday Tournament special. As a sports director of Channel 1450, I've been covering basketball tournaments for eight years with 1450 and 11 years total with my time at the Breeze Courier newspaper out of Taylorville. Waverly has the obvious element of a very unique gymnasium. There's a limited number of seats, and all of them are special. Whether you're on the stage, in the bleachers, in the bleachers on the stage, or standing on the floor, that is about six inches away from the actual court. There's a tightness about the game, about the atmosphere. Everyone is on top of the action. The cheerleaders, the benches, the coaches, the referees, and a row of fans are on the floor. The coach's row on the stage is somewhat intimidating feature as well. Everyone watching, taking notes, and scouting for their team for the next round. Right as you look into that basket on the north side of the floor. When you arrive at the game, you have to drive around for a good 10 minutes to find a parking spot in Waverly, knowing that you're going to have to spend about that much time finding a spot to sit in the gym. On Tuesday, the day after Christmas, the top seed opened the action this year at 9 a.m., and the gym was packed. On Wednesday, a great rivalry that starts the quarterfinal action at 10.30 a.m. on a Wednesday, when a lot of people have to go back to work after the holidays, the parking lot, the gym, everything packed. From coaches to cheerleaders to parents to fans to people who have played in, watched, coached, or just love to watch small school basketball, the gym is absolutely packed for the winner's bracket games. From the good old boys like Gene Bergschneider who sit on the side of the benches with the teams to the same referees who probably take less pay for what they could get elsewhere to come ref two games in a row because that's how it works there who also understand the schedule. When teams and players come to Waverly for the tournament, they better put their big boy pants on. The fouls are earned. The elbows are sharpened. You better grab that rebound and hold on tight. Nobody is coming to watch a free throw fest. And the referees understand that. They also understand that games are scheduled 90 minutes apart and there's a schedule to keep. Yes, they keep the peace and make sure things are fair. But if you're not going to come to play tough, don't plan on winning. Sure, there are fans who come and yell about over the back or call it both ways. But the referees who come to Waverly know what the deal is and they're ready for the old man throwbacks. They are absolute pros. They are the best of the best and they want the kids to play and earn their wins. Another aspect of the tournament, the referees for each game have their own water boys assigned to them. At every quarter break or every timeout, watch as the boys, or in some cases a girl, brings out a towel and a water bottle for the referee in the gym. And that gym can get a little toasty at times with the crowd and the intensity. I also learned that the referees who don't get paid nearly enough for what they do, taking time away from their families during the holiday week, those guys all tip their water boys assigned to them after every game, regardless of what happens. What a special 
circle that goes unnoticed to many. Back to the way the game is played and officiated. Most of the time, the games at Waverly are left to the teams to decide. The physicality is noticeable, but the teams know that coming in and the teams who can handle that little pressure, a little physicality, are the ones who usually survive and are ready for the rest of the season. That leads me to my next point, which I hope a few people learn and understand. The Waverly Holiday Tourney is an experience for everyone. From the age of two months old to the age of 90 years old, there's a place and a game for everyone. Whether it's the 10 a.m. quarterfinal game or the 8.30 semifinal game, with a team fighting for a spot for the championship, the crowd is unbelievable. There are kids lining the sidelines, the bleachers. They're there watching their favorite player they look up to or watching the cheerleaders and trying to copy what they do. Remember, the kids who are watching who want to be a part of this experience. It's not just parents who attend the Waverly Holiday Tournament. A lot of holiday tournaments are quiet and feel more like summer scrimmages in the first and second rounds, not Waverly. Go watch the action from this week so far. There's people standing, screaming, cheering, yelling, clapping, doing everything in all corners of the gym. These games matter to these teams, these coaches, these players, and most importantly, these communities. Think about Auburn, a chance to escape reality after losing a loved one on Christmas for a few hours and watch the boys fight for a cause together. Matt would have been there cheering and rooting for his son, Talon, who's had a few incredible shooting performances in this tournament and on this gym floor. From the old heads who played in, coached, have watched for 50 years, and can tell you about a game or a player or a performance from 1986, up to the 12-year-olds who line the sidelines and can't wait to put on a jersey and have their chance, the history builds as you can see the history room right off the gym floor and look at all the old action. Waverly is a special place. I can go to any number of games or tournaments, ones with teams that probably have more talent or higher profile games, but there's something special about Waverly that combines all aspects I tried to convey along with simple things that you just can't describe unless you see it. Let's get to Wednesday's summary. South County, the top seed, taking on Route Catholic. The third meeting for these two teams already this season, all before the new year. The Vipers won both matchups to start the season, but the pressure's always on the top seed in this one. Route starts the game on a 10-0 run and looks in complete control. Oh, by the way, the gym, standing room only, at 10-20 on a Wednesday, it was rocking. Covered in purple on one side and orange on the other. Let's get to Bryson Mossman, the Route sophomore. Mossman scores 42 points in this game, one of the best performances ever, in this tournament to power his Rockets to nearly upsetting the top seed. South County simply finds a way to stay in it and wins in quadruple overtime. Go watch the highlights. There's not many things that can describe how good of a game it was. It was incredible. Trevor Caldwell and Clark Nelson come up with big shots in overtime. Noah Lyons is a leader of that team. He finds a way to find the ball when it's absolutely necessary doing whatever it takes to get the job done. As hard as it is to beat a team twice, South County does it three times on a huge stage. This game didn't feel like a quarterfinal, that's for sure. The crowd was amazing. The Vipers advanced to Thursday's semifinal against Auburn. Speaking of Auburn, they got all they could handle from Athens in the quarterfinal on Wednesday. Zach Laird, Pryor Reynolds, Cody Tobias, Power of the Warriors, but Auburn pulls away in the fourth quarter with a balanced attack led by Carter Hunley. Talon Kern on the bench with his teammates. I can't imagine what he and the team are feeling and going through, but good for them to find a way to win and keep this going. They play the Vipers on Thursday at 2 p.m. in Waverly. I was back in Waverly for the third quarterfinal on Wednesday, featuring New Berlin and Greenfield Northwestern. Talon Albrecht went off for the Tigers, 
and pushed the pretzels to the brink. Gannon Dodd scores 21 for the pretzels. He fouled out before the overtime, but then Lucas Bixby stepped up and got it done, beating the buzzer in overtime and winning it for New Berlin. Tanner Fry also with some huge shots in that game. The pretzels will get their shot at West Central, who looks like the team to beat so far with two running clock wins in the tourney led by Zach Evans. I closed out Wednesday evening in Taylorville. Wanted to get a good look at the undefeated Mount Zion Braves who are playing the Jacksonville Crimsons. The Braves are absolutely loaded and look like the team to beat in 3A in Central Illinois. All right, here's what's coming up on Channel 1450 on Thursday. I will be in Waverly for the semifinals. 2 p.m. Auburn versus South County and 8 p.m. New Berlin versus West Central. We will also have highlights from MacArthur Boys in Collinsville, Glenwood Boys in Centralia, Taylorville Girls at the State Farm Classic, Lincoln Girls at Peoria Manual, Mount Pulaski vs. DMAC Girls at the Riverton Tournament, and Williamsville and Calvary Boys at the Williamsville Holiday Tournament Quarterfinals. On Friday, we will have highlights from Abe's Rumble, the biggest wrestling tournament in the nation, taking place right here in Springfield at the BOS Center, featuring the likes of Auburn, Porta, Olympia, and the best small school wrestling teams in the Midwest. We will also have highlights from as many teams that play for holiday tournament titles as we possibly can on Friday and Saturday. Just depends on who wins. That is a wrap on this week's podcast. I'm sure you are sick of listening to me. I appreciate you all taking the time. I hope you enjoyed the solo pod. I'll do my best to get a guest next week and make it more interesting for you. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year. I'll see you next week.